This is The Guardian. Today, why are so many councils across England going bankrupt? Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. If you're lucky, you probably won't have to think much about your local council or what it does. If your bins are being collected on time, if your children have got decent schools to go to, if there are parks nearby and there's reasonably good local transport, well, you probably just pay your council tax and get on with it. But councils provide other vital services. If you're an adult who needs social care, for example, or a child with special educational needs, if you're at risk of homelessness, you should be able to rely on them to help you. But after years of funding cuts from central governments, councils across the country are now struggling. Slough Borough Council has asked for urgent government help after effectively declaring itself bankrupt. Croydon has been declared bankrupt three times. Woking Council that is now in £1.2 billion, billion pounds worth of debt. For residents who live in an area where a council has declared itself bankrupt, I think it is pretty worrying. There's things like council tax hikes, services being cut, potentially council assets like art galleries or museums being put for sale. It takes quite a while for all of these consequences to reveal themselves. This is Jess Murray, who reports from the Midlands for The Guardian. In the past week, she's been finding out why Nottingham City Council in the East Midlands is the latest to basically go bankrupt. A dismal day for one of Britain's largest local authorities. Nottingham City Council is short of £23 million and effectively bankrupt. Over in Birmingham, where she lives, the same thing happened in September. Europe's biggest single local authority declaring it isn't coping financially. It's pretty worrying, you know, I pay my council tax and I'm sort of bracing myself for that to jump up at some point in the near future. And I think, unfortunately, it's often the more vulnerable people in society who will feel the brunt of these things quite quickly. From The Guardian, I'm Hannah Moore. Today in Focus, why one in ten local councils are at risk of going bust and what that'll mean for the services you need. Jess Murray, you're the Midlands correspondent for The Guardian. You're based in Birmingham and we'll be talking in a bit about the financial situation there. But first off, let's talk about Nottingham in the East Midlands. In the past week, it's had to announce that it's effectively gone bankrupt. Why? Yes, the blame game has started pretty quickly um, with with the situation in Nottingham and exactly uh, what has gone wrong there. I think that will vary depending on who you talk to. Like with all councils across the country, the shadow of austerity is definitely being felt in Nottingham. For local government, the deficit we have inherited means an unavoidably challenging settlement. There will be overall savings in fundings to councils of 7.1% a year for four years. 
I mean, it has had its funding cuts a lot over the over the past decade, and you know, other services as well have, have also faced um, cuts, which as you know, the councils had to pick up. So that has definitely been an issue. The Labour councillors who run Nottingham City Council, they're blaming funding cuts from central government and the financial pressures that councils around the country are experiencing at the moment. In this financial year, we will be overspending against our budget for the reasons of pressures in social care in adults, for vulnerable elderly adults and people with disabilities, uh, because of the costs of placements for children in care and because of the increasing demands of people who are presenting to us as homeless, that on top of huge inflationary rises. But if you speak to sort of the conservative politicians, they say it's all kind of down to financial mismanagement from the Labour administration who are running the council. I think the most likely scenario here is that it's a combination of both. The Labour Council has made a number of kind of financial missteps over the past few years. And I think that has really depleted the council reserve so that when it's kind of experiencing the financial pressures that, as I say, you know, councils all around the country are experiencing at the moment, it just doesn't have um, any of the resilience to cope because of the fact it has depleted its reserves so much over the past few years. For people who haven't been to Nottingham, can you give us a sense of what it's like as a city? It's the biggest city in in the East Midlands. I think the council serves a population of about 800,000 people. And I think about 200,000 of those are children. Like a lot of big cities, you know, it's big urban area, quite diverse population and, and quite high levels of deprivation. I think one of the problems that the council has, it has quite a low council tax base. So I think 80% of the properties in the city are in um, bands A and B, which means that they don't have as much council tax funding that they can raise. And Labour have been in control of the council there for, for quite a long time. I think they've been in control of the council since the 90s. So they've kind of not had a lot of opposition scrutiny for quite a long time. And I think there's some concern that that might have perhaps um, paved the way for where they are now in terms of not having much pushback to what they've been doing. It's easy to understand what happens when a company goes bankrupt. It will close its shops and, you know, lay staff off. But what does it mean for a council to go bankrupt? Yeah, so I think it's important to clarify that uh, local authorities cannot actually go bankrupt. So when you see this report right. in the press, you'll often see it as, you know, the council has in effect declared itself bankrupt, or you might see the word bankrupt in quotation marks. And that is because, as I say, you know, councils cannot go bankrupt in the same way that a company or an individual can. But basically what happens is a council can issue a section 114 notice. And that is essentially when the financial officer for the council has decided that the council's budget for the year is unlawful. And in most cases, that is because expenditure is exceeding income, i.e. there there just is no money left. And that then means it can no longer spend on anything other than its statutory services, its legal services that it has to provide, things like council housing and schooling and your your bins getting taken away. So it's not as if, you know, everything just grinds to a halt, but it does mean that, you know, council spending really does get reined in and councillors have a certain period of time where they have to basically put a plan together to say, you know, how are we going to get back on track here? And it will be those other services, those those things that aren't the kind of core things like your maybe museums, art galleries, swimming pools that are potentially the first that, that may be cut when a council is in a situation like this. It's, it's quite remarkable with Nottingham that on the Tuesday, um, the day before they were issued with this Section 114 notice, they just opened this brand new library costing... £10 million. 
On the 28th of November, the Nottingham Central Library reopens in a new location. The new site is part of the Broadmarsh car park and bus station development on Carrington Street and after three years of the city without it, those who have pushed for it to happen are relieved. How surprising is it that this has happened to Nottingham? Well, I think for people who've been following the council for the past few years, it's sort of been a long time coming. I mean, there's been a a number of sort of financial blunders on behalf of the council over the past few years. And they've been sort of ringing the alarm bells for at least the sort of past 12 months on saying, you know, there there is a big sort of budget shortfall here. Mentioning that the library opening, I think that's kind of one example of of the pressures that the council has been facing. I mean, that was due to open back in 2021, but they didn't have the the funding to do it. They'd applied for some levelling up funding, which was rejected. Um, they had to apply for a number of grants, secure a number of loans in order to just, you know, get that that library open. I mean, the city hasn't had a city centre library for a number of years because they've kind of been waiting for this to open. So you can see that just on all sides that the council's been under a lot of pressure. And, and I think for a lot of people, that 114 notice was not a surprise at all. So now that that's happened, what is Nottingham City Council legally obliged to provide to people? the definition of what is essentially the bare minimum that a a council has to provide is is quite difficult to pin down. But essentially, we're we're talking about stuff like social care for adults and, and children, you know, schools, council housing, maintaining roads, collecting bins, kind of all the, the sort of basic things that you expect a council to provide, they, they still have to do. And as you say, it's, it's more stuff like community projects, parks, the things that maybe aren't kind of essential for the day-to-day running of life, which are most at risk. As you said, the council's labour controlled. What's the leader of the council had to say about this? I mean, does he see it as being the fault of the council or more about funding cuts that they've had and that every council has had from central government? The leader of the council, David Mellon, I think he's been the leader since 2019. He was quite quick to come out and and blame sort of central government cuts to the council over the past decade. We've lost £100 million in our budget from government every year for the last 10 years. Uh, It's very difficult to cope with and have that much cuts in our budget. particularly when government themselves don't have to balance their budgets. So he's kind of said you can't have increased demands coupled with a decrease in funding and expect councils to just be able to continue going as as they have been. And, and, you know, he said the government has let down the people of Nottingham. But then on the other side, earlier in in November, before the Section 114 notice was issued, Rishi Sunak was commenting on the situation and he said it was all down to financial mismanagement um, on behalf of the council. So it has become a bit of a blame game. The council has also made some decisions that have impacted upon this situation, right? Yeah, so I'd say its its biggest sort of most high profile financial mistake was Robin Hood Energy, which was the first council run energy scheme in the country, which they decided to set up back in 2015. And the idea behind that was to um, sort of tackle fuel poverty, take on the sort of the big energy companies by running a, a not for profit energy company and that any sort of savings that they made through that could be funneled back into the company and, and drive down energy prices. It, you know, it sort of seemed like a great idea at first, but I think very quickly they started accruing huge losses. And 2020, it sort of officially collapsed. I think the cost to the taxpayer was about £38 million in the end. 
it was that that led to the government bringing in an, an oversight board, essentially, to monitor what the council was doing and sort of keep an eye on things. And in that oversight board sort of led to the discovery that the council had been illegally spending money that was sort of ring fenced for housing on its general day to day funding just to sort of keep itself going. So that was about £16 million of, of money that they'd illegally misspent which they had to pay back and because of inflation and various other things that had increased to 51 million pounds. So that's kind of another, you know, financial mistake on behalf of the council that's really hit it. And there's there's been various other things as well. Jess, Nottingham's one of several councils to essentially go bankrupt in the past couple of years. And that is shocking because you know, previous to this, it would be really rare for a council to issue a Section 114. Probably the most shocking of those so far is Birmingham, where, as we said, you live. It's Europe's largest local authority and it issued its Section 114 back in September. What happened? Birmingham is officially broke. The city council, the largest local authority in Europe, is effectively bankrupt. Services for more than 1.1 million people are now under threat. So I'd say in Birmingham, the two big issues were firstly this equal pay claim issue, which has been sort of plaguing the council for over a decade now. Hundreds of its staff members have been um, lodging equal pay claims against the council for essentially the way they've sort of categorised jobs, the jobs that tend to be done by male workers. So, for example, refuse collection jobs have been sort of better paid than jobs which are typically done by female workers. So, for example, cleaners or dinner ladies, they've already paid out about a billion pounds in in money for that. And their Mm. current liability is estimated to be about 750 million pounds. And then on top of that, they had this IT system upgrade. It was their first sort of big IT upgrade since I think the 90s. And it's it's gone really badly for them. It's cost them about 100 million pounds to get it fixed. Similar to Nottingham, they've had these sort of, you know, financial burdens hanging over them. And then on top of that, you know, the current pressures that all councils are facing, higher costs, inflation, cost of living crisis. It just hasn't had the, you know, the financial reserves behind it to be able to withstand those pressures. The council have just have really failed to get a grip on it. They've received quite a lot of blame for the fact that this has just been going on and on and on. And they perhaps maybe buried their head in the sand a little bit in terms of how bad it's gotten. Another place that I want to look at in tandem is Woking, um, because I think it's it's really interesting what's happened there with why they've ended up essentially going bankrupt. Just tell us about what happened there in Woking in Surrey, about how they've been mismanaging their money. Yeah, so in Woking, that was all down to kind of risky investments in, in commercial ventures. So things like hotels and skyscrapers, which have sort of taken over the town there. That right there is meant to be a Hilton Hotel. A Hilton Hotel not built and funded by the Hilton Group, but by Woking Borough Council. It sits on top of a flash new shopping complex. Many of those units are sitting empty. And it's part of this three skyscraper development here, all built and funded by Woking Borough Council. I think it led to them being in £1.2 billion in deficit, which was just a sort of staggering sum, really. It was a Conservative-led council borrowing a lot of money to be able to do that. And then essentially it, it just couldn't pay that money back. And that led to them issuing a Section 114 notice back in June. So the reasons for each of the three councils we've spoken about for issuing Section 114s are different, but the results in each 
they have to make cuts. So what have been the first things to go in Birmingham and in Woking? I'm in Birmingham. It's been a good few months now since the council um, issued its Section 114 notice. And to be honest, we still don't exactly know what the outcome of that is going to be. Things that have been talked about are obviously an increase in council tax, cuts to services, redundancies at the council. But in, in terms of exactly what and when, we still don't know. And it's it is obviously really worrying. But if you look at places where it's been a little bit longer, so, you know, Woking is a good example. They've seen things like the public swimming pool, um, funding for arts, funding for playgrounds, community groups, all those things are kind of earmarked as being cut. Um, in places like Thurrock, that's, that's another place that um, it's been about a year since they issued their Section 114 notice. Residents there have reported bus services being cut, um, cuts to services um, for special educational needs, um, adult social care, um, bin collections um, not being as frequent as they used to be. It's one of those things, it's almost like a a sort of incremental eroding of services over time. And it might not be, you know, really obvious to people straight away exactly what the impact for them is going to be. But I think as time goes on and councils start making more cuts in more areas, then, then people will really start to feel it. And I mean, the examples that you're giving there with Thurrock, those are things that are essential to people. They're not extraneous, but, you know, those essential services can still get chipped away at. Nottingham City councillors will just be getting to grips with this, but have they said anything yet about what cuts they might be making? They've said very little. I mean, they've tried to really reassure people that, you know, they've actually kind of come out and said, we're not bankrupt. We still have the money to pay our staff to meet our legal requirements. There's lots of concern over things like parks. But again, the council leader has kind of tried to reassure people that that, that that's not going to be at risk. So at this stage, it's really too early to say. It's often services being cut, but just just sort of around the edges. So when we're talking about services like, you know, adult social care and, and services for people with special educational needs, we're not talking about those services being scrapped altogether but we're just talking about them being like trimmed around the edges which is still has a huge impact on people and it, and it still can be really devastating for people. Other than making cuts what could Nottingham City Council do to save money? Yeah, so the, the council leader has said that they've sold more than £60 million of, of council buildings over the past few years, which is, is something that a lot of councils across the country are doing to try and make ends meet. The other thing that's likely to happen is, you know, council tax will rise. Councils are restricted in terms of how much they can they push up their council tax each year. I think it's 5% that they can increase it by. But in, in extreme circumstances, such as when, you know, a council issues a 114 notice, the government can intervene um, and allow them to you know, increase it even further. That's probably a likely scenario. There's also the government can issue bailouts, but that's very, very rare. And what's more likely to happen is that the government will give councils permission to essentially money that is is normally ring-fenced for capital expenditure, for for spending on things like buildings and, and sort of physical things that can be sort of, you know, reallocated and used elsewhere. So Councils are given a bit more flexibility into how they can use their money, how they can increase council tax and that kind of thing. But the sale of council assets and and unfortunately things like redundancies are also very likely to happen. Coming up, to what extent has austerity caused this problem? Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? 
Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus. Jess, a lot of council leaders are saying that fundamentally they're struggling because of the effects of austerity, which was a specific policy of David Cameron's coalition government. Just how big an effect has that had on local councils over the past 10 years or so? Yeah, so I think the early 2010s, we we really saw sharp cuts to the budgets that local authorities had to play with. I think from about 2010 to sort of 2021, 22, uh, most councils have seen at least a, a 10% decrease in their budget in real terms because of the effects of austerity. And that's, you know, we've already seen the impact of that on on services like children and adult social care services. It doesn't take, a, you know, a council um, issuing a section 114 notice for, for those services to be facing, you know, cuts and, and for people to be feeling the impacts. You know, this has been happening incrementally over the past 10 years. And as we talked about, you know, councils have been looking at other ways to make money as a result of that, investing in, in different areas and, you know, making some perhaps riskier decisions off the back of that to try and make up funds in, in other ways. And yeah, so it's likely that this is not going to be the first or the last local authorities we're seeing, you know, on the brink of bankruptcy. You know, there's lots of other councils around the country who are also ringing alarm bells. How many do you think? How many other councils are at risk of being in this position? So I think the, the figure that's been widely reported is is one in 10 councils across the country are on the brink of issuing a, a Section 114 notice. So we're talking quite a lot. I mean, recently we've seen Leicester City Council, they've reported a budget shortfall of about 34 million and have been asking the government for help. Manchester City Council, similarly, they've got a 46 million pound budget shortfall and have been sort of pleading for, for government intervention. So big cities are affected, but also, you know, places like Hampshire and Kent councils, they've 
we've also been talking about Section 114 notices being on the horizon, you know, needing more money. Derbyshire Council, they said they have a, I think it's a £33 million budget shortfall. I mean, the list goes on, really. It's it's starting to affect councils up and down the country. And I think we've talked about this blame game, you know, the, the councils recently that, you know, have gone Birmingham, Nottingham. There's been a bit of a, oh, well, it's it's financial mismanagement. It's these, you know, mistakes that they've made you know, over the past years. But if more and more councils end up in this situation, you know, eventually it's going to be, well, they can't all have been affected by financial mismanagement. Surely at some point the blame game is going to have to stop and there's going to have to be an admission that, you know, councils are just struggling. The government's made levelling up one of its central policies and it's allocated £13 billion to try and make places across the country, particularly in the north and in the Midlands, better, you know, to improve leisure facilities, high streets transport, all those things that local councils do. So is that money going to help these councils that are struggling? Well, I mean, if you mentioned levelling up in Nottingham, I'd say it's a particularly sore subject there. I mean, slap bang in the middle of Nottingham city centre, you've got the remains of the Broadmarsh shopping centre. It was a 1970s shopping centre. It was planned for this big regeneration project. It was half demolished and then the company that were meant to be leading that regeneration project went bust so the council have kind of ended up with this building that they're desperate to sort of regenerate and they've applied three times for for leveling up money to to be able to do that and have been rejected every time and most recently just a couple of weeks ago um, and the council leader said that was you know a major disappointment and I think for these cash-strapped councils who are going to the government feeling like they're basically kind of begging for this and you know especially with Nottingham having done it sort of three times in a row and now going bankrupt, they probably just think, what else can we do? This is not helping us. And it's it's not having the effect on the ground that I think the government wants it to. So Nottingham and Birmingham are both Labour-controlled councils, as we've said. And several of the, of the places that have issued Section 114s are also Labour-controlled. Woking is conservative. What is Labour's plan, should they get into power at the next election, to support councils to try and stop this pattern of them having to go essentially bankrupt. Yeah, so I think Labour are quite worried about this because I think they are worried about being presented as a party of financial mismanagement, of of not being able to manage the councils that they run very well, you know, and obviously if they're, you know, wanting to get into central government, they have to prove that they they can do that. So I think they are worried about um what sort of impact this is going to have on on their image. So Keir Starmer's obviously his big thing is he said he really wants to boost devolution if Labour are elected. So he wants to give councils and combined authorities and more control over things like housing, planning, things like energy transport, stuff that would would help the maybe get to grips with their budgets a bit more. And I think um, after Birmingham City Council issued their Section One One Four notice, Keir Starmer sort of said that the way the um, councils are funded at the moment, you know, it isn't working. It's too short term. It doesn't allow councils to be able to plan for the future and, and to be able to, to get ahead. But there hasn't been a huge amount of detail as to what exactly that would mean. So I think there is still, you know, a lot of pressure on Labour for them to talk a bit more in more detail about what they would actually do to, to stop this problem if elected. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, hearing that, you know, just as a tagline, we well, might say it was because councils didn't know how to run their own services, didn't know how to manage their own budgets that in many cases they got into this situation. Yeah, and but I think Keir Starmer's argument would be, you know, well, firstly, if, if funding for councils was increased, and and you know, if it, if it wasn't sort of done on a piecemeal basis, then 
you know, they would be able to plan better and they wouldn't sort of end up in the situations that they're ending up in now. But as I say, I don't think that fully kind of uh, gets to grips with exactly what we've seen going on in in Birmingham and Nottingham and and how that kind of wouldn't happen again, you know, if that was introduced. So yeah, I do think there is still a lot of questions to to answer. But I think ultimately the councils just do need, they need more funding basically to be able to get by and, and to be able to withstand the financial pressures that they're all facing at the moment. The financial pressures that Birmingham, Nottingham, Woking and all these other councils across the country are under is so significant, but the needs of the people living in those places hasn't changed. If councils aren't going to be able to provide the things that we've been speaking about, who's going to do it? Well, I think there's a lot of concern that essentially charities are going to be the ones that are, are stepping in and helping. You know, that's nothing new. As I said, as a result of austerity, we've already seen across the country, you know, public services being eroded and, and charities, you know, having to step in and, and help. But we're talking about things like services for um, people with special educational needs or even, you know, we're talking about stuff like like parks and, and recreational activities. It, it it seems like it's it's going to have to be, you know, charities or community groups that are kind of stepping in to, to do the things that perhaps councils want to did, which is is obviously really worrying for people and quite a sad thought to think about, you know, that those are the people are going to have to be picking up the slack. Jess, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. That was Jessica Murray. If you go to theguardian.com, you can read all of her reporting from across the Midlands. I'm Hannah Moore, and this episode was produced by Natalie Katena, Ruth Abrahams, Courtney Youssef and Morgan Ofori. Sound design was by Rudy Zagadlo, and the executive producers were Hummer Khalili and Phil Maynard. We'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.